City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Welcome everyone to the latest episode of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. This is Mike Long, aka Bolt from the Blue, and I'm joined by uh, my two mates here. Uh, the first one being Colin Savage, aka Presswitch Blue. Colin, how are you? Good. I'm well. It's Friday night here in the UK when we're recording this, and I'm glad it's Friday. That's mm. all I can say. It's been a heavy week. It's been a heavy week. We also have Ray from City Fan TV. Ray, how are you doing? And I'm all right as well, Mike. It's, you know, it's been a heavy, busy week uh, for me as well. And uh, yeah, Friday hasn't come soon enough. It's interesting, uh, isn't it? I, I've never um, I've never actually experienced uh, the start of a Premier League season where there has been so much um, sort of pessimism surrounding Manchester City, all because two signings is not good enough for a lot of people. But we'll get into that. I think, first of all, Ray... You could uh, give us a few insights from uh, Pep's press conference that I think that you were following. Yeah, I followed it on, online. I, I didn't have the t- time to watch it live. Um, and a lot of fans who have seen it, you know, they're, they're concerned about Pep's body language. Some of the, you know, sometimes we, we might read a little bit too much in, into some of the, the words he, he chooses to use. You know, one of the first questions he was asked about Messi, how close was City? And Pep said, I think I don't have to explain anything. Leo explained quite well his feelings, and I have nothing to add. He's a football player for FC Barcelona, the club I love. He didn't need to say that. He didn't Mm. need to add that little bit at the end. We all know that Barcelona is his first and pretty much only love. And we're just like the second wife or the mistress or whatever, but he's always going to love. Barcelona. He didn't need to say that. Um, City fans have picked up on that and not happy. Other things he talked about was, was fitness. Aguero is not fit. He hasn't had a single training session with the with the boys. Look, you got to remember he had a serious knee injury. It's you know it's not a uh, you know a, a tap on the knee and, and say you know in a couple of weeks you know you'll be all right. It's something that can take months to get sorted. He is training. We've seen uh, the pictures, but he's just not training with the lads. So. I suspect he'll need a couple of weeks at least um, of hard training and, you know, um, actually training with the lads and taking a few knocks. Uh, Pep was also asked about Foden, about obviously what happened in England. Pep basically said he knows he made a mistake and that is all. So Pep was very non-committal today, asked about Aki and Torres. He said, basically said, so far it's all, uh, it's really good. Uh, The most important thing is they are nice people and they're going to help us. Asked about Maris and Laporte. Maris, obviously, in Laporte had uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Maris is fit. Laporte isn't. Uh, Riyad came back three or four days ago. And today was the first day Laporte came back. So uh, Pep said, I think Riyad will be available. Laporte, not yet. Um, asked about Thiago to Liverpool. You know, were City interested? He said, no. We, we have enough players in this position. And he said, Phil can play in that uh, position. So, um, you know, bigging up Phil again. Asked about the tight turnaround this season, he said it is what it is. We can't change that. We have to adapt. You know, we played our last game, was it 32 or 33 days ago? So it's not fair on City. You know, and we could be looking at five games in 13 days if we beat Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup. So it's a ludicrous start to the season uh, for City. Asked about his contract. That's you know, it's annoying and frustrating that nothing's been said about that, um, and he's not really said anything about that either so it is a frustration and I asked again towards the end of the press conference about Messi about um, would if Messi's leaving Barcelona would City be interested he said I don't know it's a question for Leo Messi I cannot talk about the intentions for other people and he was asked about whether he was happy about his transfer activity in the summer and he said he's you know he said since day one when I arrived here I'm more than satisfied with, with what I had in the team I know the club do absolutely everything to do their best, not just for me, but for all of us. What's going to happen is going to happen. If we stay with the players we have, we will be happy. 
Never before and never in the future am I going to complain. I'm a lucky person to have these players to be at, and to be at this club. And the last question before the embargo was, any updates on the transfer window? And uh, Pep, you know, he hits it straight back. He said, no, I don't talk in the media about the transfer window. And that was that. That's your press conference. So, as I said, his body language was a little bit negative. Um, some of the things he said, you know, he was, he was very short with some of the answers, which is fair enough on some of the questions. You have to keep asking about Messi and want to ask about Ford, and he doesn't want to talk about them. Um, and, and some of the things he said were a little bit, you know, about the love for Barcelona. But in all, all in all, a lot of City fans have come away from that um, feeling even more pessimistic uh, than they did before. Well, uh, Colin, what do you make about this? I think that Ray outlined a lot of the things that um, City fans have uh, got to be in their bonnet about. Of course, one week's uh, less training than the other teams. And um, obviously, Laporte and uh, Mares just coming back from uh, quarantine. Pep himself was in quarantine. There's no Koulibaly signing, no other signings, uh, no Aguero. Foden still got a cloud over his head. And uh, at the same time as all of this happening, we're seeing other teams like Liverpool signing Alcantara and uh, Tottenham signing Bale and, and Reguilon and Chelsea with Havertz and Werner and Chilwell and Thiago and, and this new goalkeeper coming in to put pressure on Kepa. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of a little bit bleak. City fans are a little bit, you know, they're not um, not quite ebullient. I think that might be the word. What do you think, Colin? Uh, yeah, there just seemed to be a bit of a general air of panic and pessimism about. I mean, we are, we are City. I don't want to be a happy clapper, but we are City. We've got Pep. Uh, I mean, for me, the big question was last season: has the has the Pep magic run out? Uh, you know, I've got this theory that managers can have an impact for about three seasons and then potentially it wears off. And and you know, Pep has been with us longer than he's been with any other team at this level. So, um, I, you know. We will answer the questions over the course of the season. But, yeah, uh, we know Liverpool are going to be a problem. Uh, Chelsea look very strong if they can integrate all their signings. Uh, Arteta's got Arsenal playing in a very effective manner. Um, not too bothered about Spurs, to be honest. Um, what, you're not you're not um, thrilled about Bale, no? Well, you know, it's Mourinho when it comes yeah. to it. So Bale will be the left back or something. You know, uh, um, defensive midfield. Um, yeah, it's going to. Uh, we shouldn't come out. People are saying, I'm worried about us getting to the top four. We really shouldn't be worrying about that. If, if we do, then um, we've got problems because I, I can't see four teams better than us. I can see three teams doing quite well. I mean, we've got United, they've not bought very well. And interestingly, that uh, there was a story, I don't know if you saw that, about United a bit getting concerned about negativity by their fans on social media is affecting their transfer activity. I didn't quite see the, <laughs> the logic of that. And um, as you say, uh, for, uh, and as someone rightly said, well, if, if a club um, spends a lot, of, a lot of its time tweeting stuff about transfers and its players uh, and on social media, then it can hardly be blamed. It, it can hardly blame others if they pick up the lack of activity. Yeah, I but, think it was... Um... I mean... But, you know, when we play well, we, we are the best football team in the division. Let, let's remember that. Yes, we've got a few. Um, you know, we always seem to have injuries. Um, we, the, the situation at centre-back is troubling, I, I would say, potentially. Mm. Mm. But when you look at it, I, something about Otamendi could be on his way out in, in um, going the other way for... Um, who was it? Was it D not Diaz? Was it Diaz? No, anyway, think, um, you look. You think if, if you're looking at Sevilla, you're looking at Carlos. Um, I, 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 um, no, I can't remember who it was. I thought it was Valencia. No, maybe I'm just getting confused. But um, you know, as it stands, we've got we've got well, Laporte who's injured. Hopefully, will be back soon. Uh, we've got Ake who's new. We've got Stones and Otamendi who were experienced centre backs. And, um, you know, we shouldn't, we really shouldn't be worried about those two being our backup. Shouldn't be worried. Now, we've seen, I, I always said about Otamendi, you know, uh, if he plays three games, he will play um, 269 minutes brilliantly. And the other minute, 
he will be like a man not right. And um, Stones, we don't know. Uh, you know, he's never had a run. Uh, Pep doesn't seem to trust him. He may have to trust him. But we know, you know, we know Stones is a, is a good player, whether it's something in his head, whether he's not quite, never quite got to the level that Pep wants. But we've still got, you know, we've got Eric Garcia, all right? You know, he's going at the end of the season, unless we sell him beforehand. But for the moment, he's there. So we shouldn't be worrying too. But I think many of our problems in defence are not about the individuals, but about the way we we play. You know, we leave the two centre-backs quite exposed. Yeah, and you've got to be, you know, you've got to be a hell of a centre-back to cope with that. You look at Virgil van Dijk. He gets exposed and he looks ordinary. We saw that um, on uh, last weekend. Yeah, so, leads, yeah. Um, but but I mean, my son, who's normally quite um, optimistic, um, just started whining on this afternoon. Um, what, what was he saying? Right. Um, we're not winning the league this season. We've done nothing substantial in the window, apart from getting Nathan Ake in. And uh, Ferran Torres, of course. Meanwhile, everyone else signing top players. Wasted time on Messi and Koulibaly. Uh, and, and my cousin said to him, we, we bought Aki and Ferran Torres. And he said, they're hardly world-class. Liverpool just signed Thiago. Spurs sound bail. We need a top-class striker and defender. Season's already started, though. We've been messing about with Koulibaly when we could have turned to top CB ages ago. We need a striker, too. And it's kind of... Just, just going on like that. The thing is, and, I, don't, uh, I don't disagree. Like, I don't disagree. But, uh, but no, no, don't no. Disagree. That's a fairly typical kind of thing you see on Twitter and social media, isn't it? What do you reckon, Ray, about this uh, Koulibaly business? I mean, it, it it seems that they could have done it a long, long time ago. And, um, it, you know, it's just... Um, I, I don't know exactly how far apart they are. There were reports that City were only prepared to put up 55 compared to the desired amount of 70 the, by uh, Mr. De Laurentiis. What do you reckon? The problem, well, the problem is, look, all, all these uh, journalists and in the nose putting out there uh, what they think is going to happen. And, and to be honest, it's just, I, I would suggest 99% of it is just made up. You know, I saw something today from two months ago where someone said, the Koulibaly deal is uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. So you know, people are just saying whatever they want. No one can, no one really comes out and contradicts you. No one can come and say, you know, this journalist has got it wrong. And they could just simply be making stuff up. And you see, rumors start. Someone puts something out there, and everybody copies it because they don't want to be left behind and, and miss out on 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 a story. What the numbers are, I have no idea. But I, I've got to reiterate something I, I, I talked about yesterday on one of my um, videos and I've talked with Colin in the past we have not got as much money coming into the city as we were expecting to get and people have to try and understand that you know we've lost the money that, that was in the rebate you know the, the Premier League gives some money back to the TV companies Liverpool lost over 17 million quid there we must have lost something not far short of that we've lost the Chinese money the Chinese TV deal that's been cancelled um, that was worth, I think, like 500 million over three seasons. And I, I read somewhere that we will, it will cost each club about 9 million a season. We've lost the gate receipts for last season for at least, I think, six home games in the league and a Champions League game against Real Madrid and potentially others. We lost probably the best part of 15 million quid there. You add those up, that's 40 million quid that we were expecting to get. You know, you, you look back into January, we would have budgeted to get that money. And that money, a lot of it, it's cash. So we would have budgeted for that cash flow. We would have budgeted for that income. And we would have already planned how we were spending it. It's already in the financial forecasts. And if we have no fans next season, we're going to get absolutely battered with our match day income. And we're going to miss out on about 55 to 60 million quid. And if Shape Man is not going to put the money in, who is? So you've got to be a little bit more cautious, a bit more prudent, um, and you've got to, you know, make sure you make ends meet. You, you know, even though FFP is going to be over two seasons now, you still got to meet it. So you just can't go out and splash, you know, uh, uh, more than you can afford. And doesn't if, doesn't seem to have affected Chelsea though, Ray. Problem. Sorry, doesn't seem to have affected Chelsea though. Chelsea do it a different way. 
Chelsea do it a different way. You know, Robert Abramovich is happy to put the money in and, and have a loan or put it in as capital. I mean, Colin knows this better than me. City do it differently. City, the aim has been to be self-sustaining, which we are, which we pretty much have been, is it for the last four years, three or four years, we've turned in a very small profit. We are self-sustaining. Sheikh Mansour, I don't think, has put his hand in his pocket on transfers for four or five years at least. So, you know, I don't think he's going to change it now. The idea is for us to be self-sustaining. And he's got other investors as well. And he could look at it and say, well, why should I be putting in another 200 million quid when a quarter of the club or, or CFG, the, the, club, uh, the, the, the body or the, the company that owns Man City, is not owned by me. Why should I be sticking stick with the money? So, you know, other clubs do it a different way. Chelsea doing it a different way. They've also made some sales, you know. Um, Hazard, for instance, and one or two others. Um, that helps to balance your books as well. City needs to balance the books. We need to get rid of a few players. That will help uh, the FFP if we can get rid of people like Garcia for a decent amount of money, people like Otamendi for a decent amount of money. And the rumours are that Fernand, um, clubs are interested in Fernandinho. So, you know, it might just be we, we end up losing all three of them. And that helps us to meet financial fair play this season. But it's not so straightforward. The sad thing is when you try and engage with people and explain it to them, <laughs> you get a barrage of, of abuse and people telling me you don't know what you're talking about. I had somebody on uh, Twitter the other day telling me I had no idea what I was talking about. He said, I'm a financial analyst uh, and I've been, you know, I've been a financial analyst for eight years. So you don't know what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, sorry, that's a red rag to a bull I had to throw in. I've been a qualified accountant for more than 25 years, a chartered tax advisor. I've worked for the biggest uh, firm of accountants in the world. Uh, I might know a little bit of, about what I'm talking about. And I, I, I even I even did run courses on um, depreciation and amortization. So even though, I'm, you know, it's a long, long time ago, back in the year 1999, I still remember a little bit, you know, I haven't forgotten it. I'm not that senile uh, yet. Um, so, you know, you can't engage with people on social media easily because they've formed an opinion and it's wrong and they'll stick with it and they'll, they don't care that you might, you might try to help them and advise them to watch this video or look at this article from people like Colin or people like uh, Kieran Maguire and one or two others. And people just, they've got this idea and they're going to stick with it. And it's its a tribal, it's like tribal nature of football. You know, you, whatever your club does, pretty much, if you're a fan of that club, you'll support them. And that's why, uh, you know, you go back in a few years and, you know, United fans, um, sorry, Liverpool fans uh, supported uh, Suarez over Evra. Chelsea fans supported Terry for almost everything he, he did. And it's just the way it is with the, the tribal nature of following football. Well, Colin Savage, um, the uh, transfer window ends on October 5th, which is, what, just over two weeks away. Um, what do you hope will have happened in terms of ingoings and outgoings by that date? Well, well I do hope we'll sign a centre-half, and that's uh, a centre-back, I should say. it's not Centre-half is an old term. Um, so I do hope we'll sign a centre-back. Um, apart from that, um, you know, we're talking about left backs. Um, but apart from that, I'm not too worried. I mean, talking about a striker to replace Aguero, Aguero's not gone yet. Um, and we have Gabriel Jesus, and he didn't have the greatest end to, to last season, but we already know that when he gets a few games under his belt, when he knows he's going to get a run of games, that's when we see the best of him. And I think even when he's had a bad season, he still does things that Aguero doesn't do. Well, apart from score goals, of course, sometimes. But uh, you know, there's only one Sergio Aguero. I think people now, even even people outside City, are coming to recognise he's one of the greatest Premier League strikers of all time, if not the greatest. Um, so yeah, you can never really p replace Aguero. But um, you know, we've got to be, as Ray, Ray you know, quite um, said, we've got to balance the books. Um, so who would to, you like just to take the back of, Colin? Well, well, again, it's about squads, isn't it? It's about who do you get to replace them. There's no point putting someone out unless you've got someone to replace them. So, um, you know, we can only play 17 foreign players. So people talk about Otamendi going out, but if you get another, you, you've got to get another centre-back in to replace him. 
no point automatically going out if you've got no one coming in. So it's all about turning your squad over and um, making sure you you know keep within the numbers. So uh, you know uh, you look at players like now Angelino's gone to uh, RB Leipzig. Uh, good for him. We're, they're talking about uh, Garcia going. Now obviously he said he wants to go. Oh, oh, he he said he want, wants to go. I'm not sure whether he wants to change his mind at some point, but um, he I think is homegrown, isn't he? So so that's kind of uh, doesn't matter about the foreign quota. Yeah, we're talking about Otamendi, but Otamendi, as I keep saying, Otamendi will still come in and do a job. All right, like you say, he'll have a mad minute when he starts diving all over the place or, or whatever, but Otamendi will still do a job. Um, who do I want to see go? I, you know, I, I don't particularly want to see anyone go. I think we we talked about Messi. You know, if Messi came in, I, I'd be. I think I'd be okay with Mara. I don't want to see Mara's go, but I think the obvious one to go would be Mara's if we had to get rid of someone. But, um, you know, I don't particularly want anyone to go, but I think we, we do need a centre-back. I, I wouldn't argue with that. You know, we can't, we don't want to rely on Ed Stones and Otamendi, particularly as backups, if they, if, particularly if Stones isn't going to do the business. Mm-hmm. So we do want a centre-back. And if one comes in, one of Stones or Otamendi goes out. and um, But, it, you know, Ray and I talked about this on, on, on his vlog that um, sometimes it's not so easy to sell players. And, and um, you, you know, for players on high wages and, uh, or, you know, we bought him for a big fee, people expect a big fee, which isn't necessarily going to happen. We just need to keep the cash ticking over. We need to look at things like um, amortisation because what we were saying was, Play like John, let's say a player costs 50 million, you've had him for three years, he's on the books for 20 million. You know, to get 25 million, him 25 million for him, people say, Oh, we, you know, we only got half what we paid for him, but we've actually made a profit because he's only on the books for 20 million. We sell him for 25 million, we've made a profit, and we've got 25 million cash in the bank. So, yes, we do want that centre back, and I'm sure the club are working on it. Um, I don't know why they chose to deal with uh, De Laurentiis at Napoli because we know what he's like. I mean, he's like Daniel Levy on steroids. <laughs> but um, you know, there are plenty of good centre backs uh, around. But uh, you know, we we don't want to get the wrong one. Mm-hmm. There's no point in spending money on the wrong one. Ray, I'm just going to bring you in here. Uh, what do you think? There's much truth in the rumours of approaches for Diego Carlos and uh, Jimenez at Atletico. It's really hard to to say. Um, Diego Carlos, I'd be concerned. I, I, I I've started doing some some videos with uh, either sports journalists or uh, what they call themselves football analysts. So people who uh, analyze football and football players and strategies and systems, and they write for various publications. Um, and I spoke to one guy about Diego Carlos, and uh, you know we, we talked about. Other various other defenders, and he said, "Look, the guy's a right-footed centre back. He's a right centre back, so he fits that criteria. But he's not good enough. He's not good enough for City. His passing stats aren't great uh, at Sevilla. He's got other players around him that he uses. Uh, and he can pass the ball off too quickly. Uh, lots of more talented players than him, but his passing stats aren't great. He doesn't carry the ball very much at all in a game. And one of the stats he gave me, he said, in a game he has." an average of 0.25 carries of the ball. And he says, that's nothing like the City players. I think um, uh, Laporte is averages over three a game. Uh, I think Stones and Otamendi were over two. I think Fernandino as well. So he, he said he'd have to change that. It's not just that. I mean, basically, he gets the ball and passes it to a teammate and lets him do the work. He'd have to change that at City. And he's concerned about his pace and our lack of it. So I'd, I'd be concerned if we we're opting to pay a big amount of money for him. He's been at Sevilla for one season. Prior to that, he was in uh, France. And prior to that, he was in Portugal. So he's not really played at, that, at a high top league. Okay, Sevilla uh, um, um, won the Europa League. So it's not too bad. But I'd be concerned. Jimenez, I really don't know. The stories you get are crazily... Um, um, they differ so much. You know, one story says we've, we've offered 90 million. Another says we've offered 55 million. It, it's crazy. You know, who knows what the truth is, if there's any truth in, you know, 
I think Atletico have said, apparently, uh, they've let it be known that we did put a, a very high bid of I think 90 million quid. They want 110 and they're not going to budge. Uh, and City say we haven't put a bid in, apparently. So who's telling the truth? Are they both tell, uh, lying? I'd, it's hard to say. I mean, if it was me, you know, the Koulibaly thing, I've had enough. Um, if you're committed to him and you really want him and you are convinced he's going to be the best partner in the world for the port and that you cannot afford to pay the extra 10 million, but you're sure that if you hang on till the end of the window, you'll get him. Okay, you, you play this game of poker, bluff, brinkmanship, whatever you want to call it, and you, you try and get the guy. Um, personally, I'd have probably moved on by now to Upa Meccano or somebody else who I consider as a plan B or, or, or option C. I wouldn't have gone for so long with Kula Valley because what I don't like is you've got to know if we do get him, he's got to come into the club and hit the ground running. He's had no preseason with the lads. He's had no time to learn a bit of the tactics. He, he's going to come in cold for, for City. Um, and the longer you leave it, the more he play, he's going to play for Napoli. So what if he gets injured? What if he does uh, a Leroy Sane and gets injured for the full season? And then all your hopes and dreams of getting this guy, your number one target, are gone. Um, I just want the deals done. I understand fans' frustration to get the deals done nice and quick and early. Um, but you know, if that's the, what, what Pep wants, if Pep said, I want him and nobody else, but we have to juggle the numbers, um, maybe move off to Mendy on slightly cheaper than we would like to make sure the numbers fit and we got our cash flow is right and everything else, then so be it. But I mean, I just want to say something about Stones. I don't want to, you know, a lot of uh, fans are having to go off to Mendy and Stones. You've got to remember, and they seem to forget quite quickly, three years ago, Stones and Otamendi were the uh, number one uh, pairing in our Centurion season. Otamendi played 35 league games. And Stones played a, a huge chunk until he got injured uh, in November, I think, or December. And then he wasn't the same player afterwards. The formidable season, um, Stones was the number one pairing with Laporte. And company himself said, you know, he thought his, his games were going to be numbered. He was surprised to get the number of games he did because he thought that Stones and, and Laporte were, the, were going to be the um, centre-back partnership for, for many, many years. And he said himself that Stones is the real deal. So, you know, for, for fans to, to turn on him, you know, he started, the, not last season, but the previous two seasons, he started really well as number one choice. And then he gets injured and something happens. I don't know what it is, whether it's confidence, whether we bring him back too soon or what, what I don't know. But he's not the same player when he comes back from injury. Last season, injury, I think there was a, a personal issue as well. Whatever it was, a loss of form, loss of confidence, um, he's 26. He's still got it. And Pep said he needs a run. So hopefully, you know, the fact that Laporte's injured, uh, oh, well, the COVID situation, he's not fit, might give John Stones a chance to have a, a little run, you know, run out against um, Wolves on Monday, maybe a run out against Bournemouth in the, in the Carabao Cup on Thursday, and maybe plays next weekend as well. Um, and, and that maybe, we'll see, has he still got it? You know, and one of the things, finally, about the window closing on the 5th of October, you do get a chance to maybe give a few players a game uh, and then say, look, you know, you're, not, you're not doing it. You, you, you know, we're going to get rid of you. Um, you know, some people are asking to see uh, someone like Tosin Ad Adarabayo have a game. Uh, it's to see if we can increase his value, put him out in the shop window. Uh, but for me, I, I would just focus on Nathan Ake uh, and John Stones as my two main centre-backs until the pot's back. <laughs> Interesting that Ray said that, uh, Colin, because a lot of people have been mooting the pet theory that uh, the reason why there hasn't been focus on a left back is because a lot of people feel that um, that's what Ake is going to do. He's going to be left back. What do you think about that? I don't necessarily think it's going to be left back, but we could be playing three at the back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's possibly a system that suit John, suits John Stones better. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, with Pep, who knows? You never Pep, know. I've, got to, I've just got to add, sorry guys, Pep has had something to say on this. Um, I'm just looking for the, for the quote that I, I saw, how he's going to use Nathan Aki. Now, it's from the Man City official website, and it was on the, in, in the press conference. Pep says, we bought Nathan Aki as a centre-back, 
but sometimes he can help us as a fullback. Maybe if we get injuries, he can play there. Now, he played there for Watford in the Premier League. He was on loan from Chelsea back in the 2015-16 season. That's a long time ago. Um, but so, you know, you can see the Pep's way of thinking already that, and, and you can see why fans are not happy. People have, have, have feel that he's going to play uh, accurate left back and not get a new left back. And the question you asked Colin, I'm just going to give my two pennies. If I had a say on who's coming and going, I'd get rid of Garcia. Uh, if he, if we don't feel we can change his mind, he's he's got no future. Why would we waste a year on somebody who needs that year to develop? He's not he's not the real deal yet. He's only 20 years old, and then hold somebody else back. You know, not give Stones enough game time, and not give Taylor Howard Bellis three or four games that he could use. Uh, we, we 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 would basically be you know be developing Garcia for Barcelona, and I don't like that idea. And it's going for free if he leaves next summer. So for me, if he's not going to sign a new contract, he shouldn't be playing for the club. Simple as that. He shouldn't be training with the first team. Simple as that. Um, Otamendi, I think he will go. Um, whether it's to Italy or Spain, I think he will go. A cut price deal around five or six million quid. He's got 140,000 wages to take off the books. 140,000 euros a week. So that's a fair bit. you know. And whoever we get in, probably, even if we get a backup player, they won't be on anything like what Otamendi is on. And a third player that might leave at the last minute is Fernandinho. Because you look at Fernandinho, and we've kept him on, which is fair enough, um, but where's he going to play? If you're going to, you know, Pep would not play him at the defensive midfield last season. Wouldn't. So that's Rodri and Gundogan. So he's, he's looking at defence. Well, if we do get Koulibaly or somebody else, then where, where does that leave Fernandinho? you got... Ake, Koulibaly and um, uh, Laporte as your first three. And so what does that leave with Fernandinho at 35 years old? What is he sticking around for? So he might leave as well. It's a, it's a possibility. It leaves us a bit thin on the ground. And I still have hope that we'll get um, Koulibaly. I still have hope that we'll get um, a striker like Lotoro Martinez. And I still have hope that we get um, an, an Algerian midfielder, uh, either Ismail Benassa or Husum Awar. But the longer this window goes on, the more I fear that we're not going to get any of them. You know, maybe at best we get Koulibaly in, in the you know, early October. But if we were, you know, the way City normally do business, you'd think they've got the ducks lined up and they're just going to pick them off. And if they were going to get other players, I think we'd have done it already. So I'm really, really surprised that we haven't haven't done it so far. And, you know, if, if we only get Koulibaly or another decent uh, centre-back, and so be it. Mm-hmm. Colin, let's play a little game of guess the uh, starting eleven for the game against Wolves. <laughs> I think we need to go on to talk about that now. So what do you reckon? Well, obviously, I think we'll see uh, Aderson in nets, uh, Walker. Um, will we see Ake? I don't know. We won't see Laporte. Um, Otamendi and Fernandinho maybe with Ake on the bench left back who knows uh, Mendy maybe I don't, I don't know what state he's in but um, knowing it's Wolves and, and, and Traore um, I don't know there may be Cancelo midfield I think Rodri uh, Gundogan and, and De Bruyne I, I think are the only ones you can probably safely put um Put your money on, and up front, um, I, I, I think we might see Torres start. Torres, uh, Jesus, and um, Sterling. What do you reckon, Ray? Um, Edison in goal, uh, Walker, Stones, Aki, um, and Cancelo at left back. Mm-hmm. Defensive midfielder Rodri. Um, attacking midfield KDB I've got a feeling he'll put Gundogan there because we're playing Wolves rather than Foden um, Pass me wants to see Foden play but I can see um, Gundogan there up front I think up front Sterling and Gabby no questions there the right side it really depends how fit Riyad Mahrez is obviously he had seven days self-isolation he wasn't training with the lads last week 
He's only started this week. Uh, I mean, the lads have only had two weeks training, but he missed the internationals as well. So he's had no, you know, he's had 10 days training at home. You don't know, he was asymptomatic, so how seriously was it? But how much training can you do at home on a, you know, on an exercise bike or in the gym? You know, where, when the lads are out there having contact training on, on, on the pitch. Um, so it, really for me, if, if Maris is fit enough, and that means 98% fit, then I think Pep would start him because Wolves are a tough cookie. Uh, and I don't, I'm not sure about Ferran Torres. I'd like to see Ferran Torres because he's been training in Spain. We've seen the videos. He's been training at City. He's played two games for Spain as well. So he's got some level of match fitness as well. He's got confidence. He scored a goal and got an assist in his first two games for, for Spain. So he's got that you know, youthful exuberance and energy. The only worry is he gets, he might, you know, obviously he doesn't know the system that well, might get too excited or he might get overawed or whatever. But hey, if he's good enough, then he's going to handle the pressure. Uh, so, or, 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 you, or you can go for another safer option in Bernardo Silva. So I think those are the three options on the right. Uh, but I think for me, a lot of the other players take care of themselves. The only two issues are, as I said, who partners KDB in midfield and who plays on the right. Well, here's a, li- a little pop quiz question for you, Colin. Um, just as a, an amusing little aside, obviously, as uh, Ray said, Wolves are a very tough nut to crack. And uh, reports out on social media recently um, that the fans were a bit put out by the uh, their third kit, which re- resembles very closely the Portuguese national kit, led to a few laughs because, of course, they have a lot of Portuguese players in their squad. But how many would you guess, Colin, how many Portuguese players are in their squad? And then I'm going to tell you the answer. Because I would say, I would say about thirteen, fourteen. Okay, that's um, one idea. Okay, Ray, what do you? What's your guess? Oh, you asked me. Let me think. Um, the goal is Portuguese. Um, are you are you including Diego Jota? Because he might be leaving for Liverpool tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, but that's not confirmed at all. That's you know. I would say. Oh. Could be could be up to sixteen with all the kids they've got because uh, they just assigned a new just kid a, as just well. in their squad just in their squad in, in the squad. Um, I would I don't think it's as much as sixteen, but uh, let's say ten. Ray is the winner. The answer is nine here. Just looking at oh. the Premier League uh, squad, they've got Rui Patricio. They've got uh, Ruben Vinagre. Mm. They've got Ruben Neves. Someone called Daniel Podence. Uh, they've also got Jao Moutinho. A player called Vitinha that we I haven't seen yet. He's, got he's, Pe- he's just signed him. He's played once. Right. Pedro Neto. Diogo Jota, who's been linked with Liverpool. And Fabio Silva. So it's really incredible the job that... Um, that their management structure has done on that squad. It really, really is um, a uh, predominantly Portuguese uh, outfit. That's obviously to do with the agent that has uh, got close ties with the management there. But they are a very uh, tough nut to crack. Um, Colin Savage, could you give me a a score prediction? That's almost a stupid question to ask, but nonetheless, I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, well, two-all draw. A two-all draw. Okay. What do you think, Ray? I'll take one-all all, all day take, long. You'll take one-all all day long. <laughs> well, that's a uh, Monday night's game, uh, guys. So um, I've uh, basically got everything um, that we had on our little piece of paper uh, to talk about. But I think there might be one or two I- other two items that, uh, that the guys might want to... Um, Discuss that, Ray. Have you got anything else on your radar? Uh, or I'm trying to think now. You caught me on the on the hop. Um, um, uh, there is something I, I want to mention. Uh, it's about money again, about finances, and it's something I discussed with Colin as well. Now, the, there's a lot of noise on social media about. Was it is his name Mike Edwards, a fellow from Liverpool? Yeah. Um, 
uh, about the wonderful deal he's done to get uh, Thiago Alcantara for 20 million, paying 5 million each season over four seasons um, with 5 million of add-ons and, uh, you know, Bayern Munich wanted uh, 30 million euros. Liverpool are going to pay about 20 million quid with it, 5 million of add-ons. And they said, what a wonderful deal. You know, to, you know, and and I uh, saw so one one um, cheeky so and so said uh, Mike Edwards could sell shampoo to Pep Guardiola. Uh, <laughs> um, but the thing is, and this is a video we did last week with Colin. There's more to meets the eye than a, a, a in a transfer than just that headline figure. As Colin describes it, you're you're only seeing what's a, it's like an iceberg, and you're only seeing what's above the water. There's so much that could be underneath. For instance, what are the agents' fees? You know, remember that um, Mina Raiola took 20 million off United for the uh, transfer of uh, Paul Pogba. Now, he's regularly going off taking 20, 25, 15 million off clubs. So, you know, what if the agents' fee is 10 million? Well, that all adds up. It's, it's a cost, it's not free. Um, what about a signing on bonus? Al- Alcantara's not coming without a signing on bonus. And we have no idea what that could be. That could be 10 or 20 million quid. It could, you know, there's nothing to stop it being 20 million quid. We don't, we just don't know. But let's say it's another 10 million. Well, that's 20 million already. Agents fee, signing on bonus. What about other loyalty bonuses throughout the, the contract or, um, you know, bonuses on appearances or at the end of the contract? We have no idea what they could be. And what about his wages? And I use an example of Aaron Ramsey. When he went from um, Arsenal to Juventus, it was on a free. Well, I, I tell you what, he, you know, he was getting, he's on £400,000 a week. Now, in a normal transfer, would Aaron Ramsey be on £400,000 a week at Juventus? He wouldn't, you know, he would be lucky to be getting two hundred grand a week. So on a four-year contract, he's getting about £10.5 a year more than he should be getting. Uh, and that's in lieu of them not having to pay a transfer fee. So over the year, four, four-year contract, that's £42 million quid. Add the agents fee add the um, you know the um, signing on bonus you're up to 60 odd million quid now who's to say with um, this alcantara deal that he's not getting a little bit more money in lieu of the fact that it's such a cheap deal and he's not getting money that would not if he had a three-year contract the money that would normally go to buy in munich he, let's say it was going to cost 60 million they would normally get 60 million but they're only going to get 20 million now and so Liverpool are flushed with this extra 40 million and they'll give some of that to Alcantara. And the other thing is, Alcantara only wanted to go to Liverpool. He said so. That's the only club he's going to go to. And the longer the window went on, Bayern Munich were becoming more desperate to sell him because they did not want to let him go for free at the end of this, um, um, this season. And we're talking only eight months away. They didn't want him to go for free and they wanted to get as much money as they could. But the longer the um, the... Transfer went, the deadline was getting closer. The longer this saga went on, they knew he wouldn't go anywhere else. He said he's, he only wanted to go to Liverpool. So Liverpool and Alcantara had Bayern Munich over a barrel. I mean, it's a nice, pleasant change for Bayern Munich to be over a barrel this time. Um, and that's why Liverpool could get such a wonderful deal for this. So people have got to look more into it rather than say Mike Edwards done a, has done a fantastic job. The reality is... That's the job he could have done. And this is saying, finally, I'll just say, when people, I saw some a City fan today say, why didn't City pay an extra 15 million to get Virgil van Dijk? The, the, the reason is, Virgil van Dijk said he's only going to Liverpool, and that's it. We could have offered another 20 million. He'd have still wanted to go to Liverpool, and Southampton couldn't sell him to City. You can't force the player to go. He can say, I'm not going. It's my contract, I'm not going. And then there's nothing you can do. And then you get an unhappy player. So and if the player's adamant he'll only go to one place, and as long as they pay the, the right sort of money for the for the selling club, he'll go to, he'll go there. So it's, you can't affect it just with money. Mm-hmm. What well, interesting, right, talking about Liverpool. And, and it's not having a go at Liverpool, but uh, on Twitter, a Liverpool fan asked me why um, Liverpool seemingly had to sell before they could buy and City didn't. Well, I mean, I think that's a bit of a... Uh, a misnomer, really, or, or a misstatement of the problem. But but my view was, uh, I looked at the figures, and I think as many people who know me know, I don't look at, I think NetSpend's absolutely terrible way of defining transfer activity. And for me, you've got to look at amortisation and wages to understand uh, the cost of players. 
So I did the analysis, and in the 2016-17 financial year, um, the, the total paid by Liverpool in wages and amortisation was two, £266 million. In the same period, City played, paid £386 million. Liverpool, I, think, I, I don't have to break down figures on me, but I think it was something like uh, about 70 million in amortization and 200 million in wages. Um, fast forward two years, and uh, that figure's gone up from 266 million to 422 million. So that's um, well over you know, um, a 60% increase in Liverpool spending on players through wages and amortization of fees. In the same time, ours has gone up um, to 40, 442 million. So from 266 million Liverpool, 386 million City in, two, in the 2017 accounts, we're now up to 422 million for Liverpool, 442 million for City. So very little difference. So a lot of Liverpool's money has gone in fees and particularly wages because you know the wage bill now has gone up from something like well, uh, it's gone up by from something like two hundred million to three hundred million, and and the amortisation has gone up nearly, um, it's nearly doubled over that time. So um, yeah, I mean Liverpool have um, they've kind of caught us up to to a large degree. They've had to sell because they've not generated the cash, and now they can buy because they're generating pretty much the same. Uh, amount of cash as we do. I mean, that their accounts for 2019, very, very similar to ours for 2019. So they're generating similar, similar amounts of cash, presumably, and um, they can now start spending it. And um, yeah, good luck to them. They, you know, they, they have generally spent very effectively. Mm -hmm. Just before we finish, Ray, I just want to finish off with... Um asking you about this little rumour that's uh, just begun to do the rounds in the last day or two about a player called Nicola, uh, sorry, a player called Jules Koundé, a 21-year-old, and uh, that uh, font of all knowledge, Man City Extra, are saying that City are, <laughs> are willing to pay 55 million euros plus Nicolas Otamendi for this guy, plays for Sevilla. Do you know anything about him? Um, it's quite funny. I've been speaking to some people uh, over the last few days, going to my um, contacts who are, I've got, I mean, actually someone just sent me this thing less, uh, 10 minutes ago. Uh, he sent me a message and this guy's a scout um, and he, hopefully I'll get some more details on him, but uh, I can't go through all, all his, 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 his message to me, but he also... Um, uh, he manages a team and they're in the relegation zone. So he's not got enough time to, to do this thing for me in the next few days. I'm trying to speak to other journalists who actually uh, actually watch Spanish football or are actually in, living in Spain watching football, uh, you know, 25 hours a day. So honestly, I don't know much about him. He's a, he, obviously, he's a young kid. He's 21 years old. Um, obviously, he's a local lad to me. He's from France. Um but there's, you know, all I know is the basics. He's a decent height, just under six foot tall. But I mean, I'd, I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned because, you know, he, he spent his time at Bordeaux, um, not the, you know, the best club in the world, uh, even in France. So he's had that one season at Sevilla. He's had a decent season. But does that propel you from somebody? I don't know what how much he cost. Um, I think Bordeaux will pay about tw just over twenty million quid. For him, does that now propel him to double his price in, in the space of 12 months? I'm not so sure. Um, I, I need to know a lot more about this kid, uh, a lot, lot more to see um, whether he's, he's actually worth it. In, you know, in terms of games, he's basically not played a lot either. I mean, he's only 21, so fair enough. You know, in this 17-18 season, uh, he played 18 games, which is decent uh, for a kid coming through. Following season, 37 games for Bordeaux. Last season, in, this is in the league, 29 games for Sevilla in the league and uh, nine in Europe. So he had a decent number of games. So you'd like to think with his youth, he's not had too many injuries. So it's all, you know, from that side, I think it's very good. 
but I want to know what's you know what's his pace like. Is you know is he the guy who's going to put on the right side of centre back? That's how little I know about him. Um, so there's too much to find out. What's his passing stats like? Uh, is how comfortable is he on the ball? Can he bring the ball out? You know, will he? Is he the right person to go with the port? You know, um, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot to to ask um, about him. But is he better than Carlos, who plays for Sevilla? Yeah, I think so, um, without knowing too much about him. But hopefully in the next week, I will find out some more information from an actual scout. Um, and and uh, maybe next week, I'll tell you about, a bit more about Kunde. Well, everybody, so Ray's got his uh, little BFTB homework assignment there. And uh, I think it's probably time to finish off on an evening when... Um... <laughs> Over in the Farmers League in Germany, uh, Bayern have put eight past Schalke with Leroy Sané getting off the mark. But um, let's hope we can do something similar against uh, Wolves on um, <laughs> on Monday. But I don't think too many too many people will be putting their money on that one. You've heard the score predictions from the guys. But um, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with you uh, very, very shortly in all likelihood uh, quite soon after the game against Wolves. And so we'll finish off here. And just say a farewell and adieu to our two guests. First of all, you've been listening to Colin Savage. Colin, thank you so much for coming on. It's always great. And you've also been listening to the dulcet tones of Ray from City Fan TV. Thank you so much, Ray. Mike, it's always a pleasure. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll leave it there, uh, as we said, and uh, finish off in the normal way by saying, don't forget to have one on us and up those blues. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goes enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Palatelli, Aguero.